pull all the pull all the Christians kid, Christian kids out and send all the Christian adults in. I mean, you know, so that sounds great because I gotta tell you the things that we're turning out from a higher education I mean, at this point are just Marxist cesspools. It, it at least sounds like an option that could be biblical. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it, and if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber, and I am Jesse Gruber, and today we hope you will seize, seize the faith. faith. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 104 of the Carpe Fide podcast. CN Cuatro. Great job. Estoy bien. <laughs> okay. Chile. No. We are we are doing uh, Comer. Ep- episode three <laughs> in the Jen Wilkin podcast, The Return of the Jedi is what this episode is. <laughs> episode. <laughs> I believe it's more like a Revenge of the Sith kind of. Oh, it is. Uh, way back then. Episode three. This is, I honestly don't remember what the names are for any of them. You are my brother, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> remember that part? <laughs> and so will Teddy for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, Teddy. I hate you. Uh, Daddy, why is Anakin <laughs> he so looks up to me and says, Daddy, I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, so I'm sorry, buddy, I forgot this part. It's very charred. Oh, Daddy, where are his arms? I don't know. <laughs> <It's all laughs> arms. Don't worry, they rebuilt him. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, heavens. Yeah, anyway, let's go ahead and get out of that one. Well, yeah. So we're going to hopefully finish up this debate finally. I mean, we can't just do two episodes and then not do not finish it. We have to we finish it. And then uh, if we have time, we will uh, look at Jen Wilkins' Twitter thread where she defends herself from saying things she didn't say but absolutely implied. So, um, yeah. So we'll, we're going to dive into it. You know, if you're following along in your YouTubes, we're at minute 37. Uh, in 11 seconds it's almost like you could watch it with us if you chose to but i mean we're watching that's, it that's so you don't a lot, have that's to, a lot of work so feel yeah, free to not to. do that you don't have to yep you have our permission to just follow along okay all right ready and go so both of you have obviously given freedom to make other decisions you've talked about the variety of factors you live in a world-class school district. You have a family situation that is conducive for the educational Plot twist. He's now going to have them switch what positions. What would be factors, if you were to do it again, that would have caused you to make the opposite decision? Dun, dun, dun. That's a great question. Yes, Jen, please go uh, first. I've asked this having, I you know, I have family living in all, all different areas of the country, and they face very different considerations in this. As I mentioned, the education piece for us was not a hard question to answer. If I thought they would not actually be able to receive an education in the public schools, then I would absolutely have done what I could to homeschool. Um, See, it's all about the... It's all about the education for Jen. It's not about the the worldview indoctrination. It's not about anything like that or very strange social things that are happening. It is all about that education, which to me just makes me think again, as I mentioned in the last episode, that either one, what uh, one of or both of these two things is that she hasn't actually truly considered what education, what educating our children as Christians should be. And if there is any biblical precedent for that. And two, um, I don't remember what the second thing that I was going to say was. So maybe that'll come to me later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it will now that you said it that way, uh, but it might come back to you. 
Um, oh, th- that there is that there is two clear um, sections or segments of 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 areas here, and education is completely separate from the rest of our our responsibilities. It's like church, state, family, education. What was that funny thing that 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 Doctor Pennington? There was a scripture that he mentioned when he first opened up. What was it called? Well, we don't mention the scriptures on this podcast, Justin. Uh, I could have swore he mentioned something from Deuteronomy 6. I think it was... Deuteronomy. The Shema? Yes. Yeah, isn't that like all about education being the primary uh, function and role inside of the home and uh, necessity for parents to take responsibility over? I mean, I would place it in the sphere of the home and definitely not yeah, the sphere of the state. Wasn't the purpose of that education to point I to think the, so does God. <laughs> point to the glory and supremacy of God? That was uh, the whole purpose of it? The whole time, actually. Yeah, I think that was the whole entire purpose of it, actually. Well, we'll just skip over those passages. Okay, ignore. Um, I don't know that I would have gone the Christian school route because of the baggage I had around it at the point that my children were of education age. This is the church hurt trumps everything argument that I hate from everyone. First of all, well, it's, a look, victim, it's a victimhood argument. Right, like uh, I have a lot of church hurt. And I look at someone and I say, what exactly is church hurt? Uh, and it can range from anything uh, horribly evil, like my pastor was, I don't know, sexually abusive. Like That would be awful. Oh, evil be trauma. Terrible. Arrest that man. He should go to jail. There should be a trial to prove innocence or guilt. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't play around with that. Bypass the gym. Yeah, <laughs> we don't play around with that. But then, like, you get somebody, oh, well, I thought I should be hired for that position, and I wasn't. I was like, oh, so, oh, so you just, you just live in sin, then. <laughs> your church um, is just, you're bitter. Who knows if there would have been a... Oops, sorry. Is that what it is? Like, this is like, oh, I have baggage from, from my Christian school, so I don't want to... Like, okay, what does that mean? Like, you have baggage. Like, you went to a legalistic christian school and they had a lot of horrible crappy rules and the teachers were what overly authoritative like is that is that like they were authoritarian or something like what does that mean like it's just this vagary that we don't know without detail you can't just say i have baggage like i have baggage is not a reason or, or to or not to do something everyone has baggage welcome to that reality we're all living a sinful broken world yeah i mean i i had i mean i don't think i, I don't think we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but I've had quote unquote church hurt, but church hurt never should stop you from doing what the Bible prescribes for you. It just means that you live around sinful people that, you know, hurt you. What? Congrats. No. It's almost as if it's a part of life. (laughs) Yes. I I had church hurt though. So I don't go to church anymore. Like, (laughs) right. Right. I think think you also have God uh, sin hurt uh, and it's affecting you like cancer (laughs) where two or three are gathered in my name. That's why I named my dog. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's continue. Homicide. If I had actually homeschooled my kids well, the world will never know. Man, I'm just not going to let her get a words in edgewise, but I absolutely, can I just say something? I don't know if you've ever heard my vehement thoughts on this, but I absolutely hate it when Christian parents say, or any parents really say, oh, I just need a break from my kids or, you know, I'd kill my kids. Like, like, what do you think, what do you think God gave you? Right? Like. Did I miss her saying that? Can you rewind? Oh, I'll, I'll I'd rewind like it. to hear her say this again. I, I will rewind it. Let's let's back it up. Twenty that seconds. My children were of education age. Um, who knows if there would have been a homicide if I had actually homeschooled my kids? Well, the world will never know. But 
I think she was. She's just joking. Yes. Yeah, she's but just that's just. But so obviously she's not going to actually kill her kids. No. But the spirit behind that is, me and my kids wouldn't get along at home. So I need to send them somewhere where I don't have to worry about whether or not I'll get along with them. And I absolutely hate it. It is unchristian and unbiblical. It is yeah. actually, I believe, I believe it is spitting in God's face the responsibility that he gave you. I hate that. And look at this look at this guy. He's just like, <laughs> my suede shoes match my jacket. But, um, oh, did you have something to say? Uh, I don't know that there's anything else to add to what you... So I have strong thoughts, dang it. I don't I don't think your strong thoughts are wrong. I think it was just a joke. Like I'd kill my kids if they were home all day and <laughs> I mean yeah, you're not well, yeah, actually a, kill your kids. It's but a joke in also, that sense. God gave them to you to steward. I think your point is well taken, so it's fine. I mean, like, what are your kids gonna think? Like when they're older? I mean, like, oh my mom wished that I wasn't around. <laughs> like it's kinda lame, right? Thanks, Bob. And congrats, Jen. It's on the internet. I got you a tulip for Mother's Day. <laughs> but I know you don't want me around. I'm just going to leave it on the doorstep. I'll see you later. <laughs> My kids never stop by anymore. Well, yeah, it's good. <laughs> never mind. Well, you did a public debate where you said you would murder them if they were around too much. I believe the word you used was homicide. homicide. That is the act of one person taking the life of another. Dun, dun, dun. I would be charged in a court of law. <laughs> All right. Carry on, Jen. But I do know that there are um, public school situations that are untenable to put your children into. And I would still say I would have hoped we I, I imagine we would have still tried to support the public schools. I hope we would have convictionally, even if we couldn't put our own children in them. It's interesting. Some of the, the teachers that DM'd me in the in the Instagram story situation, uh, several of them said, I couldn't put my own children in, but I'm teaching in the school system because I want it to be better for my neighbors. Hey, hey. Neighbors. Uh, for my neighbors. Uh, I hope yeah, well, obviously. I mean, we, we touched on that last I time. suggested that, an army. I say an army of teachers because we're going to get fired if they're doing it right. And uh, <laughs> I say, the next, one, next man up. <laughs> pull, all the, pull all the Christians kid, Christian kids out and send all the Christian adults in. I mean, you know. Let's that, do it. that sounds great because I got to tell you the things that we're turning out from a higher education I mean, at this point are just Marxist cesspools. It, it at least sounds like an option that could be biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that would have been a position that I could have uh, maintained if we had found ourselves living somewhere where public school was not an option. But that, I mean, don't you feel the dilemma of that though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and again, I respect that as well. But I mean, it seems like that kind of undercuts the vision like in the sense of um if you wouldn't put your own kids in it how can you be engaged in a positive way still i guess that's that's one way to frame oh, this man, a question there are lots of ways yeah. Yeah. i mean Please, i think that's yeah. a really good practical question yeah, yeah. yeah. That, mm -hmm. i think there are lots of ways you can still go to school board meetings you can still volunteer in the public schools there's mentoring programs you can be supportive of the teachers who are in the trenches i mean you think about what public school teachers represent the teachers in the trenches the, the ones that are, wh which teachers are we talking about here? Are we talking about the ones that are pledging to the gay flags or like which, which teachers are we supporting? See, this is the problem when you just make a broad, when, when you, when you lump so many different kinds of people into one thing, like teachers, well, yeah, they're really good teachers and then they're really, really bad teachers. And I don't know what the percentage of that is. And I don't think Jen does either. So like, yeah, you can support good teachers but you can't support bad ones. So what do you do with the bad ones? 
And how do you how do you navigate that? That's that's something that she doesn't really address. She's also it's like nurses. Like I mean, it's also important to highlight the reality that you still have a primary role, right? And you can't be you don't want to under undersell what God has given you primarily to do to do things that are not in the primary role. So what's the size of your plate? Like you have to know that going into it, right? So if you've been if you've <clears throat> feel convicted to code school your children, that's going to take a vast majority of your time. Like it's going to take time and resources and energy to do that well and care for your home, which means it is going to limit your ability to go to these things and do these things. Like those are the things that you would do. And, and I would say are required, <laughs> hear me, I would say are required to do if you're going to send your child to public education, you need to be at the school boards. You need to know all of your teachers that, you're, that would be teaching your children, not just the ones immediately in their classroom. You need to know what the, what the curriculum is, where it's coming from, who wrote the curriculum. You need to know what goes, what the flow of the day at school is. You need to know what extracurricular classes will be being taught. Your child has to be able to, to transparently communicate to you. So you have to build those lines of communication and trust. You have to go to the school board. You have to know each member of the school board. Where do they work? What do they do? What are their thoughts on the different topics that you would like to know if they're being taught in the school or not? You have to know know all those things if your child's going to public school but if your child's at home school you have a totally different set of responsibilities and outside of the purview of those responsibilities is all the things happening in the public school <laughs> so the, there's like a, a so uh here's an, here's another thing something i forgot to mention on the last podcast and i'm glad i'll be able to mention now me too i'm really um, glad about this yeah one of the one of the the public school teacher that left teaching uh this year josiah at our church one of the things that he was talking to me about and um we talk about education from time to time and he he, one of the things he said to me recently i think it was at the men's muster fire actually uh when we were when we had uh, alex over and john but um one of the things he said to me he was like look as a public school teacher i had to sit in like by my bosses like maybe two or three times a year and every other day I could just do whatever I wanted. He's like, there is no accountability to the parents for anything that happens in this classroom. He's like, I, I could tell them whatever I want. No one's checking on me, basically, was, was his was his thing. And he's a, he's a good man. He did a very good job with the situation he was given. And so that, to me, is a very scary statement. You know, the idea that, and obviously, if you are a Christian in public, if you are a Christian teacher in public education, obviously... You should not be manipulating that, but just the fact that there's so many that aren't Christians or don't have a good in, integritus, is that, a, is that a word? Set of, just va- set of values. Just integrity is right. fine. <laughs> is, is terrifying with no actual accountability. If, if what he's saying is true and if what he is saying, is, which I don't think he would lie to me, and if that's applicable in a broader sense, which again, I don't really know, but that is a very scary thought. Wouldn't right, kind of underscores the reality of how much a parent needs to be involved inside the public school. Yes, if they're, that's going to be an education option for them. Yeah. Then in this country, they're often the they're on the front lines of you know uh, when a child reports, they're the first re- they, their mandatory report on all the uh, CPS concerns. Um, the function that they perform in our society is valuable and for them to be unsupported is unthinkable to me. And so even if my own children were not able to be in that education space, I would want to do everything within my power to support it and improve it. Because, you know, there've been a lot of studies done on the impact on a school of if there are just even two involved adults 
um, who will take interest in what's happening, who are not on staff, and the impact that that has on a public school and a community. And so, um, two parents in an entire school. What study is this? How big is that school? Like ten kids. Ten kids. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a homeschool co-op. <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's, I, I I feel like there's. <laughs> This goes back to her initial idea that education is a right. And I'm going to say this again. Education is not a right. Education is a responsibility of parents. Um, a, a right is something that, that is birthed out from God and simply exists. Um, and then a responsibility. It always, it always comes with duty. And God gives um, his law. That's the first form of education. When God gives instruction, that's, that's education. Um, outside of that, you have... Um, education that becomes uh, very relative to the the situation you're in. So if your father worked in metal or was a carpenter, you know, I mean, Jesus and Joseph. And so you, you're passing on trades, you're farming, your agriculture, those types of things are education that was happening inside the home. But outside of that, the first education that God gives is his instruction. We see that Adam was given the role uh, as sage to instruct Eve what God's word was and what his command was. And he did a horrible job. <laughs> He failed right out the box, right? He added to what God had commanded in the garden. Uh, God God tells him not to eat of the tree, right? What does Eve recount to, to Satan when Satan says, what did, what did God say about the tree, right? It not We can't eat of it, even touch it. Like God, he's already adding to it. Don't even go near the tree. You know what? Just stay away from it. Don't even look at it. Don't, Don't look at the tree. It. Don't, Don't look, look at, at it. the tree. I see you looking at that tree. Let's <laughs> go up to it and eat it. <laughs> so, like, education is uh, is it comes funny, with it, it comes from God. It comes with responsibility, um, and it's not a human right. Healthcare is not a human right. In fact, people have been dying across the world for you know millennia because they don't have what we call quote unquote healthcare rights. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say perfected bodies. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sin has affected the death rate quite a bit. <laughs> but I mean, like, these things are not not what we would call rights. You have the right to, uh, to remain the life silent. God has given to you. Uh, you have uh, the right to the freedom God has created you for, freedom that is to be used for his glory that we grab for our own, which is what sin is all about. Um, but, but these things are additions. The idea that you have the right to learn, <laughs> you have the right to learn calculus. That's not, doesn't exist. That's not a thing. You have the right to learn the economic systems. No, that, that's not a thing. That's not, that's not correct. You're, you're false. You have a right to learn biology. No, that's nope. Nope. You write out. That does not, it's not a right that exists. <laughs> so I uh, just want to say that. And, and once you remove that, once you realize that education is actually a responsibility from God, it changes your whole perspective on this conversation. Um, I'm not, I don't need to be looking to make education better, certainly in the way that's been outlined by Jen, uh, you know, where she says that, you know, she wants teachers with different perspectives, teaching her kids. I, I'm like, no, I, my children need to learn the right perspective. Then they can spot, spot counterfeits. Learning the wrong perspective isn't helpful. Um, so certainly then I would say, if you're going to understand that it is actually a responsibility that comes from God, then when I go into the public schools, I'm going to have to have a clear focus on what my responsibility is. I'm going to have to have a clear focus on what I'm going about to change. Because, yes, I am indeed trying to affect change. Change for the righteousness and glory of God. To the good and benefit of all men. Because any other change is not for the good and benefit of all men. Yeah, I was going to tell you that was a good point when I was re-listening to the podcast. Yes, I'm weird and I do that. 
but uh, when I was re-listening to a podcast, when you well, said that, you know, when we good. don't, sometimes we miss mistakes. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I listen to it so we can improve. <laughs> actually, very important. Not because to I think that we did a good job. <laughs> I wanted to pat myself <laughs> on the back. I want to listen. That was so nice. I want to listen to it twice. More like we're like, hey, Jaeger, uh, the whole second half of the podcast has actually been put as the first half of the podcast, and we could really uh, we need to re-edit this podcast. <laughs> That's the important part. There. Sometimes <laughs> things happen. Oh. Ghosts in the machine. Sorry, I rambled. Yeah, we're not going to get through this. It just feels like a really <laughs> we must. Easy, this is the last episode. Uh, local missions effort right. that's right in front of us all the time. Oh my gosh! Did she just say that the public school system is a local, easy local missions effort? They have to rewind, put it back in context. We <laughs> talked for a while. Let's hear what she says. I know the context. A public school in a community, and so um, it just feels like a really easy uh, local missions effort. That's right in front of us all to the support time. the public school yeah, no, system. She kind of did right, say that. The same question. Yeah. So the question again being like, what would if it, what would be if you went back? What would be circumstances? <laughs> She's been talking for a long time. I don't really remember what the question was. Sending your children to public school. Yeah. I mean, the financial part has been difficult for us. It really has, and and homeschooling made that you know easier. Even though there's costs in that involved in terms of buying your own curriculum, and we're still paying taxes, you know, and everything. But yeah, private school has been Thanks, government. Thanks, government. Yeah. a challenge on the financial side. So I really feel that, and I'm aware that most people do that. So if that that makes me, um, you know, have some pause at moments, like was this the best thing to go? Kind of feels like backwards financially for 15 years or 20 years. Um, but I think for us, the the public education system where we've been in for the last 18 years, I would not be comfortable. Uh, putting our kids in for a number of reasons and and it feels like it's worse you know i don't know if we're just getting older it is but worse. it feels think, like yeah i mean the social risk is a component as well yeah. to be addressed but I mean, like she would still send her kids are, you know, but she would still 18, send her kids there now in 2023 so if at all possible factor it in but i mean also ignore it you know 30 kind of thing but you think if i had a and people ask me this all the time too i had a pastor text me the other day you know we have a you know, whatever it is, kindergartner and, and below, and we want to be a good witness. We want to be engaged in society, but I'm really concerned. And, and I had to say, it does seem that many of the things going on, not everything you hear is true, but many of the things going on in public education in terms of some moral issues feel more extreme than they did even when our kids were little. Um, I don't think that's just um, in our minds. I think it, there have been social changes in a significant way. And, and so I, I think for us, but I He's guess not I wrong. answer your question, sorry. Um, I think I would, I think the money, um, if we would have had a better, more comfortable public education system, maybe in a smaller town or something where I was more involved, could have been more involved, um, I think the financial combination with that would have made us more open to, to public schooling. Although when the kids were really little, can I just say, I actually don't believe him. I think he's just trying to be charitable. <laughs> well, he did specifically say um, our public school system was horrible. I would never would have sent my kids to it. <laughs> like, he did say that explicitly. No, like, no, no. He, he said that his public school system is not something he would have been comfortable with. He didn't say it was horrible. He said, it, he said that it wasn't something that they felt comfortable uh, putting, putting his kids in. That is what he said. Doesn't mean there's horrible. Homeschooling was so great because um, our life was more integrated. Like we weren't controlled by a, a schedule outside of ourselves in terms of trips and 
And then yours are probably this way too. I mean, our older kids were very young readers. You know, they were reading at four, et cetera, because we worked with them. And it felt like there was a lot of wasted time in any kind of schooling system, I mean, Christian or public, in those early years especially. And it was really just a sweet time to be with them and and uh, really shape them and, and with a lot of freedom that we had uh, to just do our own thing. You know, maybe that sounds selfish or something, but it was it was really a wonderful time. And so I, how dare you want the best for your children and work so hard to make it time with you and enjoy it? An Ugh. integrated schedule? Disgusting. Oh my gosh. Evil. I would not want to give that up, you know, um, but yeah. It is interesting. Neither of you mentioned safety. And so with the public school shootings that we read about, is, is, that, a, is that a factor in the decision at all? Well, that was all on the table already for my kids. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think part of this conversation, and this relates to the fear-based decision, is to, to have an assumption that there's such, an, such a thing as a safe place to raise your kids. There are always dangers and there are always benefits. There's always a risk and always a reward. Justin, your face is confused. Uh, I'm confused on so many levels. I mean, I love what she's admitting right now, which is the reality that safety is relative. Um, yeah, safety is relative. By the way, uh, during the whole pandemic thing, safety is relative. Freedom is not. Liberty is God-given. Safety is relative to what you do and what you choose to do, and it is your personal choice. I'm just going to let that hang out there because that's still something that frustrates me every day when I walk around. Right. And everybody tells me to be safe. Oh, be safe out there. Be safe. Be safe. No, I, I literally look at them and I say... When I remember, when I have time, I say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be free, which allows me to be as safe as I want. Have a great day. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to be safe. I'm going to be free. And then I can be as safe as I choose. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, is like, oh, my gosh, it sounds so right. It's so right. Yes. Well, sure. I mean, but safe as far as what? Like, like, are we saying that there aren't more safe places than others? And are we saying wisdom isn't a factor? Like. Like, like are oh, we well, saying like every a, place is dangerous, so put them wherever. Like, no, you you are responsible for that, <laughs> right? I feel like my home's probably safer than a public school, and I mean, also in a lot of different ways. I, I also could, don't understand the framing of the question either. You know, like, are you worried about the dangers of public school? Like, you know, with all the school shootings, and I'm like, what are my child's statistical odds of being shot to death? Like, can you give me an odd on that? Because I feel like the odd is about as good as my child getting electrocuted in the shower. Like. Like it's, the odds are very low. We're going around acting like like we just see corpses on the street every day that have been mowed down by gun violence. Like I don't live in Chicago, so I mean, no, I don't see that every day. Like there's a, I mean, there's a reality to this Bye, too. Mayor like, Lightfoot. Oh yeah, she didn't make it. Bye. I mean, but there's a reality to this that we have to understand. Like that's that realm of questioning as far as safety. No. The safety that you should be concerned with about the public schools is the nurturing care of your child's soul towards the love and admonition of Jesus Christ. That's what you need to be concerned for. Yeah, but I mean, like, um, so in terms of, you know, is my, kid, is, is my kid going to get shot at school today? Yeah, relatively low statistical significance there, but it's a much higher probability that they'll be um, had some kind of sexual contact by a teacher uh, in terms of as high as one in 10 students in the public education system across the country. So, I mean, like, safe against what? I know, but with the education so bad, do the kids even know what sexual contact is? Well, I mean, that's all they're teaching in schools. <laughs> that's is, all is, they're is, teaching. <laughs> oh, that's not. Jesse, you're one of these fear mongers that are putting out misinformation. 
All right, now point. Jen is on to you. <laughs> point on Mr. Robinson. Where? where <laughs> it's not funny. It's use not funny. <laughs> use this Kermit the Frog doll to tell me where the man hurt you. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, no, that is a real that is a real thing, and it is as high as one in ten. Right, but the murdering, the school shooting is not like, like I can't. The school shooting is not one in ten. I'm not going to send my child to school because he could be mowed down with gun violence. It's not something that I'm personally worried about in the area that I live. Now, if that's a factor for you where you live, please factor it in. Please, I mean, she lives in Texas, so I mean, like they had, you know, they had one this past year. This past year in Texas was it? No, that was the mall. It was a mall in the past year. Oh, was was it with that guy that that whipped out his pistol? Was it that one? Somebody in a mall did some shooting. In but Texas. like, did, did did another dude shoot him? Shoot the perp? I don't. Honestly, I don't. In, in Texas, everyone gets shot after they start shooting. Right. That's how Texas works. Uh, yeah, like the guy that was shooting up the churches, and then the NRA instructor shot him. Get clapped. So, anyway, but anyway, I just thought it was a weird framing of the question. Ward. And if we perceive only reward, then we probably haven't thought about it enough. And if we perceive only risk, then we probably haven't thought about it enough. And we we understood that. <laughs> it's almost like, what, does nobody run a risk-benefit analysis anymore? Honestly, I, I can't deal with this question. Public, they're talking <laughs> about some sort of real physical, like, anywhere has dangers, anywhere has threats. Like, my, my child, I guess your child at home could just as easily turn the stove off and burn your house down. I guess it's a possibility. I find it to be a low-risk possibility. And I guess your child could go and, and be, be a victim of gun violence at schools. I feel like that's a relatively low possibility. Either one of those things, guess what? They're the devastatingly horrible, sad, worst-case scenarios. So you have well, to weigh them. Like, the, get a balance. The thing. guy asking the question does live in Florida. There was that whole shooting in Florida a while ago. Yeah, right? Parkland. Yeah, Parkland. That, was, that was in Florida. Yeah, I, I understand that. I just feel like this is a hard question. I, I, I would rather go into the developing a child's skills and talents. Let's see, what, right. they, let's let's, see, what, let's see what their perspective is. You know what? That'll save that. us four minutes off of this time, which let's, is probably about 20 minutes off just of ours. Just keep so. moving. Boop. 48.58. So he br- I didn't know if you want to respond. He brought up um, focusing on developing certain talents and working you want to respond to that? Yeah. You anti-extracurricular person. Yeah, I, I feel like we were able to do that as well. I think when you see that a child has a has a has a skill or a talent that is an outlier. Now the problem is is like organized sports is telling every parent that their child has a skill that's an outlier or whatever it is, but um again, we had a ton of time together, you know, we have a we have a, a pianist in the family who's who's really, really good. You know, we have a, um, a child who's fluent in Spanish. Um, so I don't think it's off the table to do that. I mean, Again, it's, Texas, what, it's how it's present are you? Spain, second it's language. Mexico North. <laughs> it's North Mexico. Um, in, in the life of your child. And then for us, it was like, I, I, the, the job thing is interesting to me because um, we really did not pressure the kids I'm not saying you pressured your kids, right. but we didn't press no, we did. our yeah. kids toward you to go we get did. a job yeah. because they would come home, especially in high school, they would come home from school and they spent every minute from the time they got home until they went to bed doing schoolwork. Now, a lot of times that was. Didn't she just say we spent a lot of time and together as a family? Like, why does why can she not say things that make sense and drive with one another? She just said we spent a lot of time together as a family, her sister or whatever is a pianist. And then, like, one random kid speaks Spanish, don't know how that came about. 
Um, well, because he's staying up every night doing so. But that you just said they spent every minute coming when they come up. From I school. told you repeatedly. My most frustrated thing about this thing is you need logical arguments. Like you can't keep contradicting yourself and expect me to have. What, what are my takeaways from this discussion exactly? So we didn't we didn't pressure our kids towards you need to get a job because they would come home, especially in high school. They would come home from school and they spent every minute from the time they got home until they went to bed doing schoolwork. Us involved in that, you know, um, but um, there is a time element. There is that is something that is a is a trade in this. Um, that isn't mitigated entirely. Because yeah, there's a lot of wasted time sure. in school. I mean, in Christian schools too. I mean, in, in any kind of formal education, mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot of wasted time. There's a lot Agreed. of time spent in classroom management mm -hmm. that is not Agreed. about education, et cetera. And you know, again, I feel the tension of the goods that come from it. But if you're talking from a purely educational standpoint, I don't know, especially at the younger years, there's a lot, a lot you can do. Like our kids, it, one of the things we saw with our older kids is that because they were originally homeschooled and then two day week consortium kind of situation, they were so ready for college because they had learned to be independent learners. Like they learned they needed to get their work done, they needed to manage their schedules and they were able to work jobs as they did it. So it does, it felt like it really helped them enter into adulthood. And like when they got to college, they were used to managing their time and they're used to working jobs and doing all that stuff. So I'm not saying that's the only way it can happen, but for us, that was a, that worked well for training them in kind of adult skills and adult work-life balance and that. Yeah, I think yeah. I view what, you, what you're calling wasted time as um, time to study human nature because you get out. Oh my gosh. Well, we're done with this question. I am done. I don't even want to hear one more thing. I don't want to hear one more thing. You know what? Take those human nature studies and put them back in my wallet because my dang taxes go to pay for these dang schools. We like to look at these times of wasted, these wasted space times as opportunities to take case study oh psychology classes. Go ahead, Johnny, and write down what you saw little Beverly do to small Timmy and tell me what Mrs. Brown said that they should both stop doing and then investigate in your own ways what you think possible outcomes would have been better suited so that they could have had a better emotional outcome as well for them. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, he's right. You're, this is, what you're saying is now stupid. You right. didn't need to say this. Nope, that was dumb. This was a mistake. You should have just said, yes, there is a lot of wasted time in formal education and been done We like to look at those as redeemable spaces. We like to see those as opportunities where we can evaluate human nature. Let me tell you about this. Uh, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want you to observe about human nature. Oh, okay. Gosh. All right. We're just skipping to the next question. Compelling, oh, compelling, compelling arguments from opponents. We're almost done. I know. Thank what the Lord. What is the most compelling part of your opponent's argument? We'll start with you. Yeah. yeah. You ready for what? Oh, okay. I'll just let him say it. Um, again, I'm very sympathetic, and I think especially the idea of, you know, still being deeply involved in the community and, and related to that, what you said about not just making choices that are for my family, you know, which is, I think, so easy to default to that. And I'm sure I've been guilty of that as well. I'm sure I probably even have said that phrase at some point. And I, so I really appreciate that and, and value what you're saying about the, I've got to think about more than my family. I got to think about how my family can and should contribute to larger goods. So really appreciate that. Yeah. I um, yeah. I mean, 
I just I just feel like he's feeling bad about something he probably shouldn't feel bad about. <laughs> but he feels real bad about making productive members of society you know that what? had jobs <laughs> and contributed. You know, it is a good faith debate. It's like on a job interview where they ask you like, "What's the worst thing about yourself?" And you're like, "You have to, you have to say something hard." I I can. I'm a workaholic. Too much. I can't stop working. And you have to think of something bad, and you just make something up because you're like, "I don't really want to say something actually bad about myself." That's the worst part about me. I have horrible rage. I fly off the handle and I, I, I I punch, (laughs) punch people in the throat. That's what I do. I've been imprisoned (laughs) for workplace violence. What's the worst? about yourself uh i have i have really bad irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome and my gas my flatulence is legendary like no people just say that at job interview there's not enough medication to treat my tourettes <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna leave that one go before we have to start editing i think the time out this podcast because i love I love the time with it. Uh, you know, I've joked with Jonathan. It's not a joke that I just want them to all live on the same block and we can all do, you know, I'm like, I get other cultures do that. And I know why. Uh, I also just want to point out that she said that she might be a homicide in her home if she homeschooled her family. But now that they're out of the house and now that they've wasted 50,000 50, hours in public education, now she really wants to spend time with them. Uh, and And there is that. I remember when the year between um, Matt's kindergarten and Mary Kate's kindergarten, the state of Texas changed kindergarten from half day to full day. And I was so sad. You know, I was like, the state took my children from me, you know, and I'm sure I was super dramatic about it. But the uh, state took your children by volitionally allowing you to send them to public education. (laughs) She opted into it. She (laughs) wants people to opt into it if at all possible. Is that I mean you do like I remember just missing them you know at the beginning of each school year and then you hit a rhythm and you you try to recapture what time you <laughs> and then the calluses form and you start to forget about them. <laughs> oh, no no all right so let me just sum up I think we, we can move, I want to move on to the final thoughts let me just sum this up real quick here's here's how here's those two comments Dr. Pennington feels like he could be more involved in in his community, which I don't know may or may not be true. He may be very involved in his community and he had to pick out something to throw Jenna Bone. I don't know. Maybe he's just not focused on his community. Here's what I want to tell you, dear Christian. If you read the Bible, guess what you you're called to be? Involved, involved in the lives of the people around you. Uh, that's one of the things you're called to do. Firstly, to the family God has given you. Second, to your church family that God has given to you. And third, to the world as you go out on the Great Commission continually. So if you're going to obey those things, you're going to be involved in the community. Uh, I just want to say that your children, your children will be involved in the community as by, by dint of being with you as you are involved in the community. That should be happening. Um her argument is the time she wants to have with her family, which I thought she was getting plenty of, but apparently her kids are stuck doing homework all night and she would murder not, them if they were doing, around too much. Not doing Bible memorization. And so like, I don't know, there's like a, just a dichotomous thing happening over here, but it sounds to me like you could have both the time and involved in community. If you just took better stewardship of your time, I guess like, you should be both like uh, I, I like to be a good neighbor to my neighbors that I live with like so I know them and um, like yeah because that's just what God calls me <laughs> like I suppose I'm supposed to do that I should be you know good and gracious and well known and uh, respected in the community by those that I have business dealings with um, like 
you're not going to make everybody, someone's going to get angry with you for being who you are, for doing something they don't like. That's going to happen. But like, you should be involved like in the community. Like you should know what your, your borough does, your town does. Our, our church likes to be involved in town events. Like that's how you get involved in things at the same time. That doesn't diminish your responsibility to have time with your family. Like you're called to take that stewardship, to steward their education, to steward their, their, their talents, nurture their love and care and admonition for the Lord. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, that was weird. What are their final thoughts? They actually have final thoughts here. No, it's just like a closing statement. Do we not want to hear it? No, not really. It's, it's just 20 seconds of thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. And uh, everybody was uh, everybody was right. Everyone's right. You're right. You're right. You're both right. All opposing viewpoints are right. <laughs> so that's basically what this good thing. All right. So this takes us. Uh, are we We're going to transition now transition to uh, oh, Dr. Pennington wrote a book Jesus the Great Philosopher thank you Dr. Pennington rediscovering the wisdom needed for the good life thank heavens uh, there is a thread on Jen Wilkins Twitter that basically she was just you know felt she felt she was just being misrepresented now we tried to do a good job of making sure we kept all of her quotations into context uh, on our podcast hopefully we did that hopefully you 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 felt that as we're going through, we let her words, her say things that, that she said out loud for all everyone to hear, publicly available on the internet. Um, and then we just simply commented on them and why we thought some of those views were, were wrong or right and, and where they needed to maybe conform more to the scripture as God had called it to be. Um, and then she felt very misrepresented by a lot of people. And, and I, I think rightly so. In some cases, some people weren't nice. But um, also in the instances of objective reality where she had said things, they were also correct. So like it's a tough, tough road, a tough road to hoe there. Uh, so she basically put out 10 things in a thread. So, you know, like where they do you know, tweet one, tweet two, she, she numbered them conveniently for us. Um, she, her, her basic premise is this. It seems in my recent remarks on public schools are being misrepresented. So I'd like to clarify I get it. It was an hour-long debate, and in an age of short attention spans, clips and tweets can too easily obscure the flow of a longer argument, so here we go, which is specifically why we've taken now three episodes to go through this hour-long debate of yep. fluffy niceness. Fluffy. <laughs> fluffy, happy niceness. Here's the first thing that she wants everybody to know. She says, I did not say Christians should send their kids to public school to love their neighbor. I did not say Christians should send their kids to public school to love their neighbor. This is a mischaracterization of my argument. I did say, quote, what's best for my family, end quote, is only one lens for families who have a choice in education. I want to be very clear. While she is certainly right, she did not say the first sentence in that exact order in any way. She is also wrong that she did not say the second sentence in that order in any way. <laughs> Both statements are are not correct in in no way were these the exact statements that she was said which is good she didn't put quotes around all of them um she did ironically ironically it would be ironically she says this is a mischaracterization of her argument but she never she never actually says what her actual argument is on that point because she just said she just tried to 
half quote something else. She's not actually giving the full context, which is terribly ironic because her whole thing is that people aren't giving her the proper context here. Yeah. Um, which is a bit ironic. Like I would think that she would actually use quotes in what she said, because I feel like that's probably easy enough for her to do. Um, because well, I mean, she said it, <laughs> this is where we have a problem. Now we've talked about this before. She did not say that the Christians should send their kids to public school to love their neighbor. In, Two ways, um, she is correct. She did say that that you should not send your kids in order to love their neighbor. Um, she did. She did say, which is also not what that quote says in her Twitter thread. She did say that if, if at all possible, you should send your kids to public school. Um, so that part is a little again. It's it's a a vague word salad there. I did not say Christians should send their kids to public school. No, but you did say it. If at all possible, you should send your kids to public school. She did. We covered that. Yes, we did very thoroughly. And you didn't. You did say that ki- you shouldn't send your kids to public school to love their neighbor. You did say that, and only reason the reason that you were engaged at the public school, and the reason we should be engaged at the public school, is to create a better environment for the public school people, the people that will be there, those that maybe are less fortunate in our community that need a good public school system. Which, in essence, which we've already gone through several times, is exactly the love your neighbor argument. She also right. took us to Philippians chapter two, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where we should put the needs of others ahead of our own. Didn't she specifically take us there? She took it. She took us right and to the. And she put the that old, uh, in the context of going to push Christians going to public school. Like we go to the public school to look out for the interest of others. We can't just factor our families in. We have to factor other families in, which is again love your neighbors so i just think maybe a quick re-listen to this might help her it's just so, <laughs> remember it's, what she said i mean fortunately she did link to the whole interview at the end of the thing so she could go back and re-listen to it <laughs> i really felt like this thread was for all the people that are followers of hers that are fans of hers that oh, actually oh. hadn't listened to this debate and she wanted to oh. get out in front i really feel like this is like oh no they're gonna like listen to some sort of Doug Wilson or, or, you know, any number of everyone that's John Pennington, Ali Beth Stuckey or anyone that's actually got to cover has conviction conviction and spawn and doesn't break, break her voice every 10 seconds. So number two, here's the second thing she said, I suggested considering an additional lens. No, this is nothing that she ever did. She didn't say look through this lens ever once in this debate. That do you recall any time she mentioned looking through a different lens? I mean, I I don't think so. I can actually look and see if she said anything about a lens. Yeah, we can Google the transcript. Actually, no, no results found for lens. Okay, okay. well, <clears throat> this is what she says. I suggested considering an additional lens. Colon. <laughs> The impact withdrawing from public schools has on our communities, particularly on families without a choice in education. This is something she did say. She wants us to strongly consider that. In fact, that's what she connected us to Philippians 2 and the reason we should be engaged and possibly sending our kids to public school, if at all possible, is because we need to help other families and create a better public school, particularly because Christians should be having well-educated children that are involved and know how to work hard and should be creating good behavioral environments and thusly by that, their own behavior, they are being a form of salt and light, even though that's not what they're supposed to be. You don't send your kids to be that, but you do send them to love your neighbor. I mean, not love your neighbor, just to, you know, consider other people. Word salad. Uh, she, But she did not say that love, your, love of your neighbor means we must choose public schools. Yes, but this is just a conflation of terms. 
She didn't say the love of neighbor means we must choose public schools. She said that the love of neighbor means if at all possible for you, choose public schools. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. That's what she said. Yeah. And here's the thing. If at all possible, like, what does that mean? They're always... That means that public school should be your first choice. Well, let me, let me, th- let's sum it up, right? Public school. Uh, it's always open. I already pay for it. I can, my, my kid can just show up because it's there and like, it's not hard. There's nothing difficult. I can look, there it is. If it's possible. Oh, there it is. It's open. I funded it. My kid can go to it. Like, <laughs> in fact, you'd have to actually like work to not do it. Like, cause it's right there. It's free. It's open. It's accessible. It's not free. You pay for it with your taxes, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> like, what, are, what are you? I don't know. <sighs> it's pretty bad. What's point three? Do you have that up there? Or do you want me to yeah, read it? She said, she said, I did say that it's good for the community for those who opt out of public school to find ways to support them through mentoring programs, supply drive service projects, attendance support meetings, etc. I mean, I feel like I can give her this one. She, she did say that it's good for people to be involved in those things. We did clarify that just tonight on one of her points that, if you've chosen to homeschool, it's going to have a different burden of time and pull you in different directions. And that may not be what you are, but if you're going to send your kid to public school, you dang well better be doing all that. All up in that. All up in them goodies. <laughs> it's just like, it's just so disingenuous. Like, like I did not say that this going back to the second threat tweet. I did not say, Can't that, let it go, like, can you? <laughs> I did not say that love of neighbor means we must choose public school. No, you, you didn't, but you did say that the love of, that essentially the, you, without using those words, which is either, um, you know, speaking with a forked tongue or you just being like, like, it's almost like, it's almost like you telling your, it's almost like when you talk to your kids, right? Like you say something and they're like, well, and then they do something and they're like, well, you didn't say do this. It's like, well, I didn't say those words, but you knew exactly what I meant when I said, you know, put your shoes away that I didn't have to say, open up the lid to the shoe box and put your shoes in and then close the lid to the shoe box. You know, to do all of those steps when you put your shoes away, you know, it's like, it's just such, it's, it's very childish. It's just very childish. Like there's a way better, there's a way, this is victim. This is a victimhood thread and it's exactly what I would expect from people affiliated with the gospel coalition. It's very shame. Uh, I do recognize our children are, uh, oh wait, I did say that it's good for the community. Oh, we already did that one. Four, uh, I did say not all public school districts are equal by any means, which is true, and to learn firsthand what yours is actually teaching versus listening to hearsay. Um, she did that while bludgeoning, um, you know, parents who actually critique public schools um, harshly, and I think that was a bit unfair, but whatever. Um, I did not say our kids should be missionaries. I explicitly said the opposite twice. See, you you did explicitly say the opposite, but then you implied the affirmative every other time, <laughs> which which did give the we give talked a, about that a dichotomous feel to the general flow of your argumentation, I mean, Jim, or disingenuous or illogical, <clears throat> or I mean, there's a bunch well, of different. I was ways, trying to be definitely illogical and dichotomous. You were trying to be charitable. I was just trying to be charitable. <laughs> Number five, I do recognize our children are our first neighbors i've written an article by that title it is impossible to recognize it is it possible is, it is possible to recognize this and also recognize our neighbor next door here's the problem i see a red flag red flag yes it is possible to realize that you have a neighbor next door 
However, your responsibility primarily first is to your children. Right. And you do not skip. You continually and repeatedly honed in on your responsibility to uh, effectuate a higher standard of education in the public schools for the sake of Sally down the block. Like you could. She literally said we need to push back on this idea because of Philippians 2. Yes. Looking out for the interests of others. She literally said push back on this idea. 100% did. This is complete. This is bogus. Why it has 181 likes. It's got 181 likes from people who never didn't actually listen to the dang thing. Well, you do have to realize it has 181 likes, but uh, it's got 30.1 thousand interactions. So it seems like uh, the ratio of people liking it that are seeing it are certainly not good. (sighs) Number six, she says, I do not think every family with a choice in education has to arrive at the same education choice. I explicitly said this more than once. No, but you should. You do think that they should. Yes, and so we can say that you if did say that possible. again by, but also a slight dichotomy in your argumentation. It's a, it's a nuance. Yeah, it's a dichotomous nuance. <laughs> Number seven, to some, to some, and that's sum up. To sum up, my call to those with a choice in education is: quote, do your homework on your own district, stay if you can, but if you can't, be an advocate, so active source of blessing to teachers, administrators, and students who are in your local schools. End quote. I feel like I'm sure she said that at some point in this argument. It's just certainly not the crux of actually what the sum of anything she was saying was. It's no, not yeah, the sum of what she argued. She did say stay. She did say stay if you can. No, no, she said to stay if you can. Actually, I would say what she said was, if at all possible, to stay. You should, if at all possible, you should stay if you can. That's what she said. Those were those were exact words she said. Stay if pos- If you can, should stay. Yes, that's what she said. So that's actually a little bit of underselling. And I'm sure she actually said this direct quote. I'm sure this came from the article. Search this, Jesse. Search, do your homework and see if this quote comes up. Uh, okay, do your homework. Do your homework and see if this comes up. I'm sure she pulled it directly from the... the no results found. Let me just do homework. Just do homework. No results found. Let me just do home space work. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a transcript. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'll do possible things. Have to work a ton of jobs now. It's not saying pressure kids, you didn't pressure kids home, especially nice when you come home from school. This is what the people paid for. They were doing homework. No. Nope, she didn't say. All right, well. She mentioned homework when she said that her kids were doing homework. For hours and hours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was just put them in a sweatshop, Jen. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. This is a direct quote, but I guess not. Number eight, this is advice she gives us. Resist the urge to vilify your neighbor who sees things differently than you do. I would like to do, I will, I always think this is a appropriate, appropriate advice. Yes. However, when someone has bad arguments from God's word, I'm not going to give opportunity for them to be applauded. I'm, I'm going to tell them that they need to stop that. Stop it. Stop it. And repent. Change conform to Christ. And here's the part where you give us a one star reading on iTunes because point number nine is that's it. And if you've read opinions or interpretations that my thoughts are more than this or different than this, don't buy it. But ironically, and I hope what our listeners are keen on, is that we actually went through almost the entire 50-something minutes of the debate. And except it's for the really parts that we, we suffered. It was, it was a long time to listen to that. <laughs> you know who's got trauma now? I have. I have trauma. I have got TGC, TGC trauma. Hurt. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. TGC hurt. We both want to say, stay soft, stay safe. Stay soft. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't wait to do more of these. I can't wait to do the good faith debate on woke church. I wonder what pops would do. Pop, we should get pops in on this, but we can't. Oh, maybe so much fun. We got to figure out a way to do it faster. All right. Um, I, I, that's enough. This is an, we have devoted the, I'm so excited to be done talking about Jen Wilkins. I, I think this is important because it's Wilkins. this is singular. She's not more than one. Wilkins. Wilkin, Jen Wilkin. This is a, this is a important understanding topic that we need to go. Education is very key because it is a responsibility God given to every parent who has, if you have children, God's given you the responsibility of education. Um, it's yours. And so to waste it or to think it less of it is a problem. And we need to know, we need to have answers to these things. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful to do it. I'm also incredibly thankful to not come back to this for just at least this with Jen Wilkin. <laughs> I mean, we'll be talking about education probably every second of all the time because we do. Uh, and how it's that, it's that important. But this is this is enough. It's enough with her. So some of the replies on her on her on her thread are pretty funny. I, I replied to this one. Um, so I, I'm going to not say the name of this account. I'm going to read you what they said, and then I will give you the name and the description of the account. So it says, I can't honestly speak from personal experience, but many kids that I know that went to Christian schools their whole life were super sheltered and were woefully unprepared for the world post school. I'm so thankful I went to public school for most of my life. Now, this is by. So this would immediately make me think: if you're so thankful you went to public school, you probably have a great job. You're well. You're just like a well-adjusted, good citizen, as Jen would say. You've, you're a productive right. citizen. Right. You're probably well-adjusted. You probably have like a like I would. I'm, I'm expecting like Twitter handle like um, like. 401k is great and like something like that doctor like, doctor crypto or, doctor. or, or, or something. <laughs> all right um so this is at mc dragon um his his name is is manic pixie meme boy <laughs> and his his bio says that he's the patron saint of the food court will freestyle when drunk and he's whimsical af <laughs> Great job, public school. Public school for the win. Public school, like I mean, he sounds like a really well-adjusted person that was prepared for public public life. You know, he is the reason why more Christians need to send their kids to public school so that they, because that man needed some sort of influence. I I feel like all of the poor, well, uh, the not well-adjusted Christian school kids (laughs) probably have jobs that are contributing to society. They're at least working at Chick Fil A at the very least. (laughs) At least. Oh, oh, man. Neil Shenby got in on the action. This is great. Um, this was simply a... not. This isn't Neil Shenby. This is Colin Andrade. And, Andrade? Whatever. We got you, this Colin. Was, this, this, this was simply a bad take. It's also wrong to try to blame the public for your own words, implying that the issue is our short attention spans. Yes, I, I agree with that. Claps for Colin. Good one, man. He's just clapping back at victimhood culture, he the victimhood is. Olympics. He's like, "No thanks, ma'am." Yep. Oh, here's Stephen Keller with what we were just what we were just talking about. He said, "No, it was actually the flow of your entire argument that everyone is taking issue with. You did say that what's best for my family ought to be something Christians push back on in light of Philippians," and he literally screenshotted it. The quote is. The most common phrase I hear thrown out in these conversations is, "I just need to do what's best for my family," and I think that's something that as Christians we have to push back on. Philippians tells us you should not just look to your own interest, but to the interest of others. <laughs> oh, so, wait, did she say that? Oh, she uh, she said it. See, no, we're not just supposed to look only to our own interests, but we are supposed to look to our in, to the interests of our family first, in a primary sense, not in a singular sense, but in a primary sense. Oh my gosh, why can't people? Pay? 
I like look. I went to I went to nursing school. I failed it the first time. It took me seven years to get a four year degree. I'm not the brightest bulb, but it's just, this stuff is not hard to put together. Oh my gosh! You should probably listen to Vadi Bokum's sermons, two part Children of Caesar. I think that she should. I would <laughs> love to hear Jen Wilkin and uh, Vodi go head to head to head here because she would never do that, and that would be funny. Um, <laughs> James Silverman, our friend I kind of want to hear get into a room with Ali Beth Stuckey. I think that'd be fun. Ali Beth Stuckey would go like Karen Rage on her. <laughs> it would be great. Who wear? Who will wear the best Sith outfit? The thing is, is that Ali Beth Stuckey would wear it on purpose, and Jen would just wear it accidentally. She'd probably bring a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our buddy James Silverman over at Free the States, he said, if you measure apostasy caused by one government schools against again by one government schools against apostasy caused apostasy caused by two everything else, government schools takes the cake by a long shot. Your position is functionally pro apostasy. I agree with James. Good oh, job, bud. No, James coming in hot. Good job, bud. Hot. So hot. State schools are not theologically neutral. They teach another religion, secular humanism. Why should we send our kids to other religious schools? A fantastic question. How dare you, sir? The Hard Men podcast had a hard masculine Hard men take. took a hard take. Uh, they said women are easily deceived, Jen, which is why you should not be a teacher in an authoritative position within the church. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the truth hurts. Oh, no. Oh, wait, if the, if the boot fits, if the shoe fits, wear it. If the truth hurts, bear it. Well, at least she can go back to her church where she can accuse Matt Chandler of something and he can step down. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It wasn't Jen Wilkin. I'm not, don't, don't spread that. You don't that. know that. Don't it could have been. It was not Jen Wilkin. It could have been. It was not Jen Wilkin. You don't know that. I'm not, I don't know that, but I'm just saying you don't know, go spreading that around. I thought about that when, when she was talking earlier, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, around. it was probably Jen Wilkin. No, it wasn't. I mean, like, who else could it be? No, it could, there's thousands of people. It could have been anybody. No, it was We will not be the source of this. It's my fault, and I take full responsibility. She didn't have to step down it from her pastorship. I mean, I mean, Bible, she Bible teachership. Past- oh, my gosh. She doesn't have a title of pastor. Okay. This has been another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast. We're really glad that Carpe you listened. No, I'm cutting this podcast. off right now. Uh, you should definitely go check out our website where we have a new shirt that dropped, the Slay Dragon shirt. Check it out. It does. Uh, it's uh, helping to support the men's muster ministries. If you know Alex Rodriguez over there, go uh, go give him a follow. Uh, give him a little message. Send him send him some care and love and thanks because he's got a he's worked on hard on a book and we're trying to get get in some funds to get that published. It's an awesome resource for men. Much more on that to come later. Um, and uh, yeah, so get that shirt. Also, well, our sale just ended, so I guess telling them about it was really not helpful. Yep, you shouldn't because this is going to post a week. But in we the do have another sale coming soon that we've been talking about that's going to be great. It's going to be fire. And when that happens, you'll know. So be watching. You will know. If you get our emails, you should get our emails. Definitely be checking out. For Go to our emails. website, carpefidi.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Oh, man. Because I do send, with every new shirt drop and with every sale, I do push an email out. I push an email out that lets you know about the sale, what exactly it is, how much you get money you save and get back, and awesome shirts and who we're supporting. So definitely sign up for that. I pushed it out fit. Never mind. <laughs> no, anyway, also, also the shirt's really cool. So if you look the at the sword, really cool. the headless snake, 
stabbing the head. It's really cool. So check that out. Uh, and uh, dude, definitely comment comment on this Jen Welcome series. If you want to hear more for the TGC Good Faith Debates, there's a bunch of them and they look juicy. Oh, man. Uh, but there's a lot of news to get to, too, that have happened that I, I'm dying to talk about. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to close this chapter. <laughs> uh, and uh, love your kids. Care for your family. Uh, take responsibility of their education. And uh, more importantly, that we always encourage you, dear Christian, to seize the faith. faith.